so good. Well, we've been uh, this month been uh, wrapping up, and actually today we're going to wrap up the topic and the theme of God measures. And um, I have loved everything that everyone has uh, shared from the pulpit here, the heart of God, just that because God is looking for, I believe, His kids, His His army to advance. And one way we can only do that is to to really press into His promises, to renew our minds, to do certain things. And I know. In the doing, sometimes we can feel like we don't measure up. Have you ever felt like that? You get going like, oh, dang, I missed the mark. Dang it, I wish I should have, could have done that better. And that's okay. But we can't stay there. But there, I, today I want to talk about resolving the problem of not measuring up. So that's, that's the title of my message. You know, regret, guilt, and lack of motivation tend to be the fruits from that. Sometimes when we feel like we don't measure up, guilt says that is the would'ves, should'ves, could'ves, you name it. Guilt is saying that I'm not good enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not blank enough, whatever it might be, beautiful enough. And then in the midst of that, we end up seeing lack of motivation, like, oh, well, I just keep on trying. Why do I keep on trying? I keep on failing. You know, failure is only fatal if, if you allow it to... to Take evident in, in your belief systems. Failure is actually an opportunity for breakthrough. You know, and I, I, as I was looking at this message, I have to be reminded, even though I, I still walk through those things, I don't have it figured out. I'm not going to claim I have it figured out. I'm on, on a journey. And I have to remember that God has a bigger perspective on our life, that he's seeing it from a, a higher place. He has a bigger picture. And we sometimes get so focused on the little detail, and God's going, hello, look out here. If you just trust me, if you just kind of come along with me more, I'll show you an amazing view that you probably just can only dream of. And in the midst of that, getting God's perception, I believe today, and this is not my, the focus of my message, but we cannot forget about repentance. Repentance and faith are the two key things I know that God is waiting for us to always be mindful of as we go into this life. You know, repentance, I know we all have our perceptions and descriptions of it. And I know it's, it's, it is a key thing to be walking out. It's not a one-time event necessarily. It is a lifestyle of repentance and being saying, no, I, don't, I was doing that. I messed up. I'm going to turn around from that, and I'm going to keep going forward, focused on you, Jesus. And I love what Bill Johnson says about it. And he says this. He says, too many Christians, repentance refers to having an altar call where people come forward and weep at the altar and get right with God. That is a legitimate expression of repentance, but it's not what the word repentance means. Re means to go back. This is what I love. Pent is like the penthouse, the top floor of a building. Repent then means to go back to God's perspective on reality. I think when we repent, we need to go and say, okay, God, what are you seeing? Because you have obviously a bigger view on my life. Don't we know that it says in the Psalms that God has fearfully and wonderfully made us in our mother's womb? Why would we discredit where we're at and what we're doing? God's going, I have, I have a plan for you. I have a bigger picture for you. And that does require us to apply our faith to renew our mind. And, and for me, I have a, a short story on that. When I was just coming back to my walk with Jesus, I was still doing my sales job with um, sales in uh, home building products, kind of like a Bunnings that you have here. It's called Menards in the, state, the States. It's a big uh, home improvement store. And when you're out as a salesman, between calls, you have a lot of time to think. 
And sometimes for me, in the midst of that, I was thinking on a lot of the wrong things. I was focused on what I need to do, what I was think, you know, thinking in terms of whether it was work or, or the stress or what I was feeling physically that wasn't so good. And I, I had an account who, I, to this day, I, I cherish and I continually uh, try to stay in touch with. His name is Mike Finney. Mike Finney is a long-standing friend of my family from, uh, for a, a long time, since my parents got to know Jesus. He is still on fire to this day as I speak, on fire for God, seeing miracles, seeing um, people reach for Jesus since the Jesus movement. He has not wavered. He has not given up. He has pursued. He's probably made mistakes that I know, but he has continued to press in and press on. And I was seeing him one day, and I was just weary. I was just like, my head was going places it shouldn't. Uh, I was tired. Um, I was dealing with the stress of work because they want more. It's amazing with, with uh, a bad market sometimes. It doesn't matter to the, the big guys. They want more from you. They, want you to, they don't care. Squeeze the blood from a turnip, as the expression has said. Um, I don't care when you want more. Increase, increase, increase. I don't care what it takes. If you have to kill yourself, do it. We need money because that's what makes the world go around. And so I was feeling all those pressures, and I'm, here I am trying to get my life right with God from wandering for so long and trying to do my own thing. And, my, and I'm meeting with Mike, and he's such a graceful, patient man, and he, knew, he knows the Father's heart. And each time I met with him, it was like a mentoring session and a sales <laughs> meeting. And he would be there just pouring himself into me, and we just sometimes would just take a few minutes. I might have spent a few mo- too many minutes sometimes because I did have a GPS on our truck that would show me sitting around at the sales call, but sometimes I might be there for an hour. Five minutes, I might be talking about his project or what he might need, and the rest was just talking about God and what God is seeing in my life and what he's doing in his life. And he was testifying his process with me, and it, and it built me up. And one day, and I'm there, and I'm just weary, and he says, let's just pray. And I loved it. I could go get prayer, and he, was, he would counsel me. And he was praying, and he stopped, like mid-prayer, and said, Mike, very, very rarely does God give me an open vision. Right now, he's giving me an open vision of you. And he says, you have white light around your body. He's surrounded you, but it's not around your head. You need to get your head in line with your heart, with the promises he has written on your heart. You need to renew your mind. And it, it, I know we hear it all the time about renewing your mind. It's, it's, very, it's a very real thing. It is your strength. Because it's too easy to let the world speak louder. It is too easy to let the circumstances in life, politics, or whatever it might be, I know that's kind of the thing, that's the undertone. <laughs> God is bigger. And, 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 and so from that day, I said, okay, I'm going to repent. I'm going to start abiding more in you, God. I have to do with what I have to see myself go forward because I cannot stay where I'm at. And we all know that, and I love how Dave shared on faith. That was such a profound message. And God has given us a measure of faith, like it says in Romans 12, 3. And I'm going to revisit that today, because we need to keep seeing that and hearing it. It says, For I say, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think soberly, as God has dealt to each one measure of faith. To me, that means... We need to honor one another. You can't do it alone. We need to be aware. We cannot be so consumed with the things in life. Don't get me wrong. Life can be consuming. It can be hard. It can be almost a drug to where we get so disconnected from God. We're not sober. We're not discerning. We're not walking. 
but know that we have a measure of faith. We've got to go forward with what we have. So how can we break, come to understand and resolve this problem of not measuring up? In the midst of that, it's easy to not feel like you measure up. I was feeling as though I wasn't measuring up when I was on that sales call. Like, I, God, I want to go up here. I know you have me up here. Your promises are much bigger for my life, but I'm way down here, and I can't do it. God's going, yeah, I know you can't do it. But this is where the process is valued more than the end result. We've got to trust in him. We've got to come through into community, into others, allow them to sh- help sharpen us and equip us. So number one, we've got to be productive. We need to be productive. Christianity isn't about doing more, but it's about being consistent. Consistency in our walk is so vital. I'm not saying we don't need sometimes to actually apply ourselves a bit more. We need to pray, maybe fast, etc. There are just certain things that are fundamental in building our spirit man to come in alignment with God's promises. But sometimes it's just staying consistent, because not every day you're going to be just on fire. You know, you can be <laughs> through his strength. But you know what I mean? It's, the reality of it is, is we need to stay consistent. We are part of a body. And in the midst of being productive, we need to stay connected. I love John 15 because for me, that's, it's, that's the chapter where it is all about abiding in Christ, staying connected. He, he is your source. He is your, your provider. You're secure. He, he knows what he's doing. And John 15, 5, and then verses 9 through 10. I want to just read these. Jesus is speaking. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. You can't do anything without Christ. You want to see your life flourish? Abide. Do you want to see your faith increase? Abide. Do you want to see the world change? Abide in him. Jumping to verses 9 and 10. As a father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, these are conditional. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. What were his two commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and love your neighbor, and do unto your neighbors as you would have them do unto you. That's love. Abiding is about love. It's about trust. Because love is the conduit to trust. And being productive calls us higher to, to, to trust that where you're attached on the vine. You're not by yourself, by the way. It's too easy. I know I, sometimes I feel like I'm just this one plant over here. Okay, God, water me, do whatever. He's like, no, you're connected to me. I give you life. I give you source. I give you, give you the, the, the flow that you need. But we, sometimes we're not connected to the right vine, I think, too, in our thinking. It's, it's, a, it's a metaphorical thing. And there's the grace on, on our lives to know that, okay, God, I messed up. He's like, oh, that's okay. I'm a good vine dresser. I'm patient. I'll just pick you up off the ground where you're at. I'll put you back up in the light. That's the goodness of God. Yeah. That's the goodness of God. In John 15, 16, further it says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. When you're connected, you have to bear fruit. You don't have an option. <laughs> Depends on what you want that to look like, too. And, and that you should, fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. 
We need to abide. You want to see breakthrough in life, abide. Like I said, abide. Be connected. You know, as I was also looking, just all the, there's a lot of scriptures in abiding, and that, and that whole chapter goes into, I know, a lot of different angles on what abiding means. Because God, later on in that, Jesus says that he doesn't call us as servants, but friends when we abide and stay in his love and act out his love. But if you look in Romans where Paul was writing to the Gentiles, he was trying to explain to us that it is a benefit for us to be abiding in Christ, in Jesus. And if you look at Romans 11, 16 through 18, he's writing and he writes, For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. We're connected to a holy system. And if some of the branches were broken off, you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them become, became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Do not boast against the branches. But if you boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. I think that's key is to remember when we, when we stay, we want to be productive. We want to feel as though we measure up in God's eyes. We know we need to stay connected, that the, the, the life that we have, the promises that we are walking in, the favor that we have is because we are connected to him, and he is providing us every source of everything we need in our life. And one way is we can do that is pray. Prayer is so, so fundamental. Prayer is so powerful. I, I believe we were talking in our young adults or some other conversation that when people, we don't realize how powerful our prayers are. I know testimony after testimony that we think this, that we, and I believe we can pray a lot more, <laughs> okay? We need to produce, be productive in that and intercede. Right now is a great time to intercede for this nation and this world. It always is. And I've heard stories where people have been praying and praying, and then those that are in the opposite realm, opposite functions of life go, you got to stop that. You're, you're breaking my mojo. You're cutting off my energy. I know I heard a testimony from students that, uh, in California, Bethel students that went down to Venice Beach. Everyone know what Venice Beach is? It's free for all. It's a big, long beach. It's beautiful on the, the California coast. It's right outside of L.A., but that's where everyone and everything that exists comes out and shows off. Let me tell you. you it's, I won't go into detail. I hope that gives you enough description. And um, there was a, there's a lot of little markets, a little pop-up things that people do from, you know, from... Guys out working out out front, all shot up with steroids and <laughs> and people being whatever and all walks of life. And there's this booth and there's, there's this woman there. She's a psychic, and she's bringing people in. And people are just they're hungry. They want to know something for their life, and they got to have that that insight. And anyways, long story short, these students come down to Venice Beach to to just love on people through Jesus. And they just see they see this tent. They said, No, no. We need to be productive. We can't allow this to happen. This is, not, this is not what God has called us to do and just see this and just kind of go, oh, okay, have fun. No, I think sometimes we need to be bold and when we're productive. They started walking around that little tent of hers and speaking in tongues, and she finally came out and said, she said, what are you doing? I can't do my job. You're cutting off the spirit realm. You're cutting off my mojo, et cetera, et cetera. And she finally packed up her stuff and left. Praise God. <laughs> Devil, take that. Right. Take it to where the no, sun don't shine. That's what I say. Fire. Mm. That feels good sometimes. 
Number two, so we got to be productive. We need to stay connected to the root through Jesus Christ. We need to abide. Measuring up looks like being mindful. My story of me meeting my, my um, contractor, I wasn't being very mindful. I was being mindful of other things. And I know it's kind of a topic in Christianity that some people have seen it as like, well, be careful what you say about that, brother. That's about uh, meditation and da-da-da-da. No, God has called us to ha- us as a body. We have the mind of Christ. We need to be mindful. We need to be aware. Our focus on the things in this life are birthed from our hope in the present. It is too easy. Too many of us Christians in the world, and this is something I even learned outside of, of my, uh, as I was on my little journey. I won't go back to that. But it is so true that the world even is seeing it in realms that right now is more significant than out here. Right now is more important than where you just were. The power of now, as they call it, in the worldly terms. But it's, it's almost biblical, too. We've got to remember where we are at right now, we've got to build our faith now. We need, yes, we need to be earnestly seeking those things that God has for us for the future. But that's what the prophetic's about, foretelling and foretelling. But yet, we can't get so caught up in the future, we forget where we're at. And we can't be so caught up in our past that we go, oh, man, if I could just get there. No, we've got to be focused on, on the present moment. We need to be mindful. Mindfulness starts in love and selflessness. And it calls us higher. Mindfulness is not just about you always renewing your mind. It is about that. But I believe, too, as I was looking into this point, mindfulness is about, like, what do you need? How can, you, how can I support you? How can I come around you and encourage you? It's about awareness of the body. Being, it is about discernment. There's so many different angles you can go into that. And Paul writes in Philippians. In Philippians 2, verses 1 through 5, he writes, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ... If any, any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded and having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, and let each esteem <coughs> others' belief than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. When you saw Jesus, when you read about Jesus, what was he doing? He was the greatest servant of all. If you're not serving someplace in your life, I don't know if you're being very mindful. We need to, we need to support one another. And, you know, for me, mindfulness is not just serving too. I need to be focused on things that God has said in his word, in community, through sermons. You know, if you, can medit- if you think you can't meditate, well, if, if you can be fearful, you can meditate. I know that for a fact. <laughs> I still have to shake that one off at times. It's, it's a real thing that we face. And so meditation for me and med- being mindful, being, measuring up in God's eyes, he's saying, like, just focus on me. Focus on me. And the greatest example that I've, I can find is Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, 
Meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. So key. So key. Do you not like seeing what's going on in, in your work? Meditate what's pure. Purity doesn't have to do with just certain th- acts that we may do. Purity is, a, is just being aware of who Jesus is in your life and wanting that to invade every aspect of your life. And prayer is a momentum that creates this, this, this uh, breakthrough towards being mindful. Again, I, I want to say that prayer is so key. We know that in this church. This church is built on prayer. That's why we pray every morning. Uh, I pray as much as I can through the day. Believe me, don't stop just because you come to church. <laughs> pray and intercede with every breath that you have because you may not have the next breath. We don't want to be regretful and feeling guilt, full of guilt because, oh, man, I should have prayed more. <laughs> don't go there. God will see you measure up. When you just, if you can just say, God, thank you for this morning. Like, that's what the first thing I do. I grab our daughter. If I'm getting Audrey up, we go to the window. We go, thank you, Jesus, for this day. Thank you for a beautiful morning. We pray your blessings upon this day. And I, I act as though I'm her. I pray for mommy and daddy that they walk in love, and I, and I thank you for that. You know, I just kind of, I want her to know, to know, like, start your day with something. And lastly, as I try to wrap this up, number three, be full of faith. Be full of faith. So we got to be, we got to be productive. We need to stay connected to the root. We got to abide in love and, and act out that love. We need to um, be mindful, serve one another, exhort one another, love one another as Christ did, and pray and, and renew our mind and apply those things. And, we gotta be, and then that we see our faith grow. It is so key. It is so key. Faith, I believe, is probably the biggest, biggest variable that God looks at for measuring. And faith pivots on that relationship with God. It's like a fulcrum, in a way. And for me, faith starts with perspective. Again, like I said, if if I've got something in my life that is not producing good fruit, then I need to know I need to probably repent of some, even just mindsets that I've I've allowed myself to come in agreement with. I need to repent. I need to get God's perspective. What What an awesome thing. If you're going through a hardship in your life, just simply say, okay, God, you and me. What is your perspective? Show me your perspective. See it in your mind. See it in yourself. Go up to the 100th floor in an airplane. I don't care. On the back of an eagle. I don't care. And say, God, show me your perspective on my life. What do you want me to see? He will show you. Trust in that. Be consistent. God loves to show you. You just got to ask. And just start with what you have. You know, it is like in Romans, it says God has given us a measure of faith. But it's like, to me, it's like, a, it's like the mother in sourdough. That's been kind of a conversation here and there about, because I'm starting to make bread. Thanks, Keith. <laughs> Love bread machine. And, and we're talking with even Dave. It's like, when you make sourdough bread, there's, there's the mother. That's the, it's the, the yeast and the, the stuff that makes sourdough, sourdough bread. And... Um, to me, faith is like that. It, and we hear it in Scripture that it's like leaven. It, it, it causes things to grow and expand and, and, and become more fruitful. Faith is kind of like that to me. 
And then the faith enables you to overcome. I love how Dave touched on that. Without faith, you can't stand, basically. You know, and faith simply starts with saying, Jesus, you are the, you are the son of God. You took upon yourself every sin and iniquity in my life, and I thank you that your body was broken, your blood was shed for me, and I get to be identified with you in the resurrection. I thank you, Jesus, you are my Savior. That's where faith starts. If you have faith, you wouldn't be sitting here today. If you had faith, if you didn't have faith, you wouldn't believe that there's a God even. There's a, you, you're sitting here because you have had faith. You've had some aspect that says, no, there's something bigger and better for my life and for my world, and I want to get to know that. I want to grow in that. Are you growing? And, in, and in, as we do that, as we build our faith, become full of faith, it is building, I believe, a testimony unto God and giving him the glory. You know, one of the things I know we as humanity, and this is something that comes from a, a, a little video I watched of Stephen Furtick. You may have seen it. He, touches, he talks upon measurement. Humanity loves to measure things length and width and height and depth. I'm not saying that God doesn't do that. But you know what God measures? We often forget that. And this measurement is just not just this number that we see from a tape measure. Measurement is weight. God's ways glory in weight. Actually, in, in Hebrew, glory means weight, kavud. I think I said that right, maybe. It is weight. God is looking for weight. What weight are you carrying in your life? What amount of measurement do you want to match up to? It's get rid of the thinking of that we've got to be measuring, that I've got to be better, I've got to be closer, I've got to be et cetera, et cetera. It's okay to have those things. We've got to have some kind of perspective to go after, but God's going, no, I'm looking for weight. I want to know what you carry. Do you want to carry more than we need to build our life? We need to know that we can measure up in his eyes. You want to see change in your life and your family and this planet? Let's get some weight on our shoulders, some glorious weight. Because there's a world out there desperate to know what you carry. There is is a world right now. You may not feel it right now. You might not feel called to reach out. But let me tell you, how selfish of us to walk around thinking that we have such an amazing testimony of who Jesus is in our life and not keep it and give it to someone who is in need. It calls my heart every time. We have got to know that you, you are the temple of the living God. How dare we sometimes go around, nope, I'm not going to do anything. It's scary. <laughs> no, stop that. Come on. It is time to come alive. There's a world. Things aren't going to get easier. <laughs> Believe me, that's just the cycle of humanity. We are our own worst enemy at times. But we have a God who is loving, who says, I me- you measure up. You know why you measure up? Because I love you so much. I love you. It's the goodness of God that calls us unto repentance. It is the goodness of God that calls us unto repentance. Get God's perspective. We need to know that we measure up because know why we do? Because he gave his son. He says, see that cross that's empty? See that tomb that's empty? That's how I see you. You measured up because I said you are worth it. You're worth everything I've had in my life and in my existence. You are worth it all. Because faith pleases God as I wrap up. Hebrews 11, 6. Why don't we all stand? Remember, you'll, you'll know that you measure up 
by being productive, being mindful, and being full of faith. It's that easy. And we can do that better together. It is so true. Seek community. Seek this church. Reach out in microgroups like we're talking about. We keep touching on it. It is so key. Next week, you never know. Something else could happen, COVID or not. We don't know. But we can trust in God that he will keep us. He will protect us. His promises are yes and amen. Unshakable. He's on his throne. There's nothing that can shake God off his throne. And today, if you feel like you've been disconnected in, in your life, you feel a bit, for lack of better words, weary in the spirit and this what's going on, then I encourage you, why don't we just raise our hands and say, God, give us your perspective on my life. Why don't we just do that? Why don't we just close our eyes and raise our hands and say, Father, Father, what is your perspective on my life in this, this world? I want to do what you're seeing. I want to love as you love. I want to be your conduit of hope and peace. Help me to see. It's okay to ask for help. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is our helper. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you for raising us up, calling us higher, calling us higher. You call us higher, Jesus. I thank you, Father God. We want to be faithful. We want to be faithful, Jesus.